<laughs> right. So here we are. Here we are. Uh, let's uh, get into the... Oh, so exciting. I have, I have butterflies. So exciting. Anyway, um, so we are trying this out. This is uh, the first real test attempt at the Convict Colon podcast. The reason why we're doing this is because, uh, why not? You know, we're all in the, uh, the Discord server and we don't get to hear what each other sounds like. So here we are. I'm not interested in advertising this. I just want people to stumble across it. I don't want to announce it. Uh, that probably means we'll have, you know, not great engagement uh, to start things off with. That's okay. Uh, I want to see this uh, be a ground swell if it goes anywhere, does anything at all. But I want to uh, wish everybody a Merry um, Christmas. I hope you had a good one and a Happy New Year. Today is the first day of the new year, obviously. So um, I hope it's uh, as nice of a day for you as it is for me sitting here looking out the window at the breeze anyway feel free to jump on in um this is a live broadcast brought to you by config magazine uh llc this is an official project of that um i, I guess i'll be hosting the show i don't really I don't really see myself as that i basically just want to talk um, there's a number of reasons why we're doing this first um, you know, there's still too much going on in the containment fiction space to adequately cover these things uh, reasonably well in a textual format. We can cover a lot more ground speaking, and uh, that's what I intend to do. Uh, some of the topics that otherwise would be written about, I'd like to uh, just cover here on the, um, on the podcast so we can say that we're done with it. By the way, if you do come in um, and you just want to uh, type, you don't want to um, you don't want to actually say anything. Maybe you're shy. Maybe you don't have a microphone. You're more than welcome to go into the lounge. That's Confit Call in Lounge here under the voice channels of the Discord server and type. And I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on this as we go to see if anybody would like uh, to uh, say something there. But anyway, so let's try to share my screen, and we'll jump right into it here. One second. Still trying to figure all this stuff out, that is for sure. But today, I thought that it might be nice to go through something that I've been working on, which is uh, this Serastes incident. Um, this is really pivotal. There's no way to fully understand what has been going on um, w lately on... 05, uh, the recap threads, um, you may have noticed that everywhere people are talking about um, censorship for, not censorship, but censor, censure, for um, Dexanote and for Dr. Everett Mann. And so much time has elapsed uh, between the event that caused that to happen and now that it's fairly easy to forget uh, why it is that, um, that that is being called for, why it is that this is an issue. So uh, I think it's very important to go back and have a very good understanding of what happened and why it is considered sort of uh, an event that's worthy of censoring, um, you know, uh, two administrators, really. And, if, and technically, it really took care of another administrator, uh, Dr. Magnus, really was taken care of through this incident. 
um, you know, in my opinion, we'll, we'll go ahead with the hot takes. In my opinion, Dr. Magnus was uh, knowingly and completely uh, in the wrong. And the, really the, his um, fleeing from the scene, uh, so to speak, was really uh, confirmation of that. Uh, he, he literally left um, apparently the discussion that they were having about, about the censure. Now, what's strange about this right away is the timeline of this. Because initially, uh, this happened in November of 2020. And we started to see the first sort of ramifications of it explicitly come about on 05 later the next year. So, for example, if we go down to um, Aftermath in this article, uh, this is once again a work in progress. Uh, the statement on Sarasti's incident, which Dexanote did, was in June. So November, December, what, January, February, March, April, May, June. I mean, that's like six months, seven months later. So... Um, these things really didn't get around to becoming uh, back into the mainstream of things and until uh, much later. And we can actually see down here that I've noted that Dr. Magnus actually left um, and resigned his, his positions as uh, administrator and, and whatever in February. So that's, what, like three months after the Sarastes incident? So uh, the way that Dexanote made it seem in this statement on Sarastes um, made it seem as though uh, it all took place very quickly. That uh, the idea of censure was brought up, that Dr. Magnus uh, was there, and that he left, and that before anything could be done, you see, he resigned. Well, there's really a unaccounted for gap of three months uh, where, um, you know, think something could have been done. So, um, all that to say... Um, this really took care of three administrators, and I think it was a little bit of a delay on Magnus's, but of course that's nothing compared to the delay that we are seeing in uh, Dexanote and Dr. Mann. So the contention, what everybody's upset about, rightfully so in my opinion, is um, is that the censor, I can't say this right, hasn't happened for Dexanote or Dr. Mann yet. And it has been... Over a year by now, it's been um, what 14 months by now. Um, so the the issue really is with the amount of time it's taken. You can talk until you're blue in the face about uh, you know how you want to be censored, which is what apparently Dexanote is state, stating. Uh, you can talk um, you know ad infinitum, ad infinitum about policy changes and the nuance of the policy and what you need to do to get it right. Um, but, you know, really this is a giant episode of analysis paralysis that we're seeing. Particularly spearheaded by the deadly moose, who I respect, by the way. But in this case, their um, prerequisite demand to have all of the... Um, foundational protocols, the foundational policies, articulated to the most, to the nth degree. You know, that is not helping the situation because it's really making it uh, unreachable. It's, it's really prolonging the uh, end result of this, which everyone understands uh, is going to be the censure of, of Dexanote. And I guess Dr. Mann. Now, while we're on that subject, I do want to go down uh, let's see where it is. General criticism. Uh, there was a point made in one of these threads 
Um, I think it was the discussion thread for the joint statement. Um, but here, here it is. Uh, Dr. Everett Mann, yeah, this is really, if, if you're wondering why Dr. Everett Mann is involved, it's because he at one point came out and said uh, that he takes responsibility for things. So, um, what does this mean? Go live? I don't know what that means. Oh, stop streaming. Okay. Yeah. I like the background music, huh? <laughs> okay. All right, so let's get into this. Um, so yeah, Dr. Mann, he, uh, he's involved because basically at some point in the thread, this is actually page uh, three of the first Serastes thread, uh, he says that he looked over the case, the plagiarism case that was uh, leveled against Serastes and approved it. So in other words, it passed underneath his eyes. He basically put his signature on it, which if anybody has a professional career at all, you understand that if you put your signature on something, then you are liable for that. Like at my job, I prescribe things, uh, orders come across my desk. I sign them. If I sign them, I better know what's in them because if I don't and I sign off of it, uh, I sign off on it, you know, that, that will come back to me and, uh, and I can be held liable, you know, legally for that. So this is essentially what happened with Dr. Mann. He apparently looked at this case that was brought to the disciplinary team with the tag of plagiarism um, and said that that was accurate essentially he, he endorsed that when it turns out that it has n no nothing to do with plagiarism there's no possible argument for plagiarism at all so that's why dr mann is involved because you know he really took the initiative no one asked him to do that he really took the initiative to come out and say hey uh you know this this was um this was something that um uh, that, that I approved and that you know, was a mistake and I take full responsibility for it. I don't know if he thought that doing that at that moment would have um, caused him to be really inside the target zone later for something like a censure, but um, you know, Do Dr. Mann is a, is a stand-up guy. I think no one would really question that. He, he's one of the better examples of an SCP staff member. Um, and quite frankly, you know, a lot of people think, and I agree, um, here we go, uh, that Dr. Mann's involvement and culpability is less than that of Dexanote or Dr. Magnus's, if not negligible. And this is actually, I'm pretty sure this is a Rounder House post. Let's see. Yada, 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 yada. Anyway, in here, uh, Rounder House states, and I agree, that, you know, Dr. Mann, he, he's really too, he's really too um, removed. He's too distant, really, to be that culpable for this. Um, it's really known and understood, I think, that Dr. Mann is not really around as much. He's sort of a deific administrator. He's kind of around. Um, 
not really, you know. And so I think that the general impression, and someone can correct me if them if they uh, think differently, but the general impression is that Dr. Mann was not really involved enough to really be outraged by his uh, by his uh, involvement. You know, he, he's just a little more removed. He's not really active on the site anymore. I think he wrote something for like the SCP-5000 contest or something like that, but it was pretty good. Um, but he's not really around. You know, he's not really day-to-day, you know. So, you know, is he really culpable here? Like, not really. I mean, sure, I mean, as the head of, you know, DISC or whatever he is, whatever his uh, position is, you know, did he have some responsibility? Of course, you know. Um, but, you know, we can imagine this, if it was a, sort of a physical analogy, this paper passing across his desk, and he's just like, okay, what, what is this? It's like 10 pages long, I don't care about this. You want me to say something about it? Dexanote, my trusted confidant, what do you think about this? And then he signs off, whatever. Um, no one really thinks that, uh, no one's really uh, aggravated by Dr. Mann's involvement. No one really is calling for his head. It's just a formality. Uh, but there is a principle to that formality because um, he said that he's sorry and this is really all about administrators uh, being held accountable. It's really what this boils down to is that there seems to be an inability for administrators to uh, technically uh, be treated or approached with the processes and policies that they apparently lord over, that they apparently um, are responsible for uh, in the same way that other people are. So anyway, all that to say, that's why Dr. Mann is being mentioned here. That's why um, his censure is being called for. Now, why is Dexanote uh, being called for? Uh, we can really see this most clearly in this controversy section. So uh, you have to understand that Dexanote was the one who authored both of the Serastes disciplinary threads. So you had the first one, which was, once again, technically a disciplinary thread that was later changed to a non-disciplinary thread. And he made the second one, which was explicitly a disciplinary thread and still is. So, the problem with that is that through the course of the discussions, it became very apparent that <laughs> that not the first step with regards to investigation, with regards to courtesy, with regards to accuracy, with regards to responsibility was taken. Uh, it's almost as if um, Magnus came to Dexanote, maybe a couple of others, probably a couple of others, and said, I am really angry that Serastes posted this 001. Therefore, let's punish him. Is, there, is Serastes a him? I don't really know. I haven't found that. I've been I've been looking out for that. I haven't found it. So I've, I think I've referred to Serastes as a he, which I apologize if that is not the case. Um, it's almost as if Dr. Magnus, that the whole impetus 
the whole push, the whole rationale of the whole scenario was that Dr. Magnus was upset. In some ways, he felt slighted. He felt cheated that this individual had started to post his 001 or did post a 001 that was just somewhat related to his content, was somewhat related to the canon that he created. I'm not even going to say that it's his content. It's not. It's not his content. Anything you put on the w, on the uh, SCP wiki is not yours, okay? Technically, it is the community's. That is true of anything. That's also true of anything that you put on the sandbox because the sandbox is part of that site. It's also a wiki dot uh, site. And the default uh, legal contract, the default legal license for any wiki.platform, platform, unless you specify as otherwise when you make it, is CCBYSA 3.0, which means that anything you put on your sandbox is also subject to that license. So Dr. Magnus can't even claim that what he was working on was protected intellectual property. It's not. That's something that we haven't seen happen, by the way. Um, you know, for all the criticism and poor direction that a lot of us think SCP is going in, what hasn't happened yet is that people haven't started just um, ravenously cannibalizing each other's sandbox content, knowing that there's really no legal um, legal argument to uh, discourage that. You might wonder if there's a moral one, and that probably honestly would happen, but the problem with that is that um, the entirety of the SCP community, particularly the staff, have um, already delegitimized any potential for a moral argument against that. Um, the arguments that were applied and favored and championed and actually used to make the decision when it came to what happened with uh, with Harmony, with what I call the 2021 death of the author, explicitly ruled that any extrajudicial concern when it comes to material on the site isn't valid, isn't given any weight, isn't given any consideration. It's simply the legality of it. That's the end-all, be-all. That's what the result of that decision was. So if somebody decided to snipe, truly, someone, because that didn't happen in Serastes, by the way, but if someone did truly snipe someone else's content, let's say the stakes were high and it was something as evocative as a 001 proposal, even then, uh, because of the rulings, unless, unless the staff, unless the community wanted to contradict themselves, they wouldn't be able to make the statement, they wouldn't be able to argue uh, that um, that shouldn't be allowed from a respect or an ethical or a moral standpoint because that argument was obliterated. That was the other side of the coin. That was the other decision, the other pathway to go down when it came to the fork in the road that was represented by uh, the Harmony situation in, in February of uh, 2020. So... Um, all that to say that you can't steal someone else's content on this site. You can't do it because it's not theirs. 
So Magnus came to Dexanote saying, I'm upset because my intellectual property is being uh, stolen. This is a form of plagiarism. Uh, on the f my point here is that on the face of it, that's impossible. There's no way that's possible. It is legally impossible for that statement to be true. Now, this was before the Harmony decision, so there certainly could have been consideration of an ethical um, attack, you know, an ethical standpoint in that um, without them really, really contradicting themselves because, once again, that decision hadn't been made yet. However, um, I think it's clear that what's happening here and what happened in the Harmony situation, uh, incidentally, as well, is that there isn't a bedrock of consistent um, methods, consistent ideas, principles on which, you know, decisions are based. What it comes down to is what the people who are involved, and specifically the ones who, who have the most power and influence in the, in the community, what they want to have happen, okay? That's what it comes down to. So in this case, we have an administrator who wants Serastes to be punished for something that they consider personally, incorrectly, to be uh, an affront, an attack. Uh, Dexanote, whether because he's just buddy-buddy with Magnus or, or perhaps he's just honestly this, I'm going to be nice here and say incompetent, um, took that claim and took that criticism, uh, took that accusation, I mean, and ran with it without questioning it. Uh, there was no investigation. Uh, and to, to make this very clear as to why that is, the potential for plagiarism was never there. We already talked about why that is from a legal standpoint, but if we ignore that, this is a guy who had been working on an alchemy canon for years, years and years and years. This incident took place in 2020, late 2020, almost 2021. And the alchemy department was founded when? Who knows? I certainly have seen tales that Dr. Magnus has written um, from 2017 that are in the Alchemy Hub. So, um, and then obviously you can see all this. So, let's go down here and figure out when it was created. <laughs> okay, so this was created in 2018. Some of these tales uh, predate that. So, we're talking about a period of, let's say it's 2017, so really three, almost four years that uh, Dr. Magnus could have produced anything in regards to a 001. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, Dexanote decided that plagiarism had occurred and was certain enough of this to make it explicitly what the first thread was about without seeing any draft, any piece of text whatsoever on uh, for, from Dr. Magnus. What that tells you is that this was an accusation that was taken basically on faith. It was an accusation that basically 
decided to bypass any means of rationality, any means of, um, uh, you know, actual forensics. Okay. And so what happened is that we got um, the first Serastes disciplinary thread. And this is the bottom line, is that um, the case was that they believed <laughs> that there was a possibility, you see this, the degrees of separation from any sort of certainty already being massaged here, that Strastes was some way deriving the idea, the writing, and the execution of this 001 from Magnus's intended idea. So it wasn't even an idea. It wasn't even a real idea. It was an intention idea of an idea. If the intention was there, where was it in that three, four years? You're telling me that you, I mean, so in other words, you can sit there and you can claim that I intend to write this, therefore no one else can, and you can sit on that for four years? I don't think that's how this works. Um, maybe if Magnus wanted and was so um, offended and angered by somebody, quote unquote, taking his idea, maybe he should have worked on it a little harder in those three to four years. Maybe he should have had anything to show for it. A draft? A Google Doc? A note on your, uh, on your phone? I don't know. Anything. Um, it seems as though some of the staff were, were aware, you know, Stormbreath, for example, that uh, Magnus was intending to do this 001 about the Great Seal, but uh, there's, once again, no actual tangible example of this. So what, what that means is that Dr. Magnus was sitting there pontificating. He was talking this talk. He wasn't walking any walk. He was sitting there just, you know, bragging, essentially, about his intended idea of 001 and never did anything about it. He never wrote, he, he didn't write the first word in it. He, he arguably only had three words in it, which were, which were the, great, and seal. That's it. So here, here's this guy who's been sitting on his ass for <laughs> four years not doing a damn thing with this idea that he wants to claim as his. Okay? And then this guy, this more resourceful person over here, Serastes, comes by, makes something out of nothing, finds the, the ingredients, the materials that he can use, and actually makes a 001 about it. But hold up, it's actually not even that. Because the 001 content, this great seal, it wasn't the crux of the of the um, article it was actually a very very small portion of it and by the way if you wanted to see it you can go down to this trivia and factoids so there's a sandbox draft proposal of it this preserved this is um this is an archive of it actually i think it's actually literally still there i mean it hasn't been changed um you know maybe Sera i want to like to think that maybe serastes um you know wanted to keep this up as some sort of like you know, uh, homage or some sort of effigy to what was taken away from him. Because honestly, Serastes should still have a 001. Yeah, he doesn't uh, because of this event. Now, I, I'm not really clear on uh, the means by which it was deleted. Okay. 
Um, I don't know if he took it down. I don't know if it went under, uh, you know, the deletion threshold count. I don't really, I don't really know. Uh, all I do know is that it was gone a couple of days later. So um, whether it was encouraged that he do, that he delete this uh, or, or or what, I don't know why this isn't loading. Actually, let's see. Maybe this archive didn't work very well. Anyway, um, if you ever see an archive and you don't like the archive of it, you can always click here. And uh, it looks like the first one was captured on October 2020. That's actually, you know, a couple of weeks before it was posted, so that's interesting. It's almost like somebody was um, prepping for the accusation if he went through with it, ready to attack. Yeah, um, maybe it's the browser I'm in. Is this Firefox or something? I don't know. Huh, it's really weird. Don't matter. Anyways, you can you can see it in your own time. You can you can click that and go there. But so um, Serasty zero zero one was taken away, um, and that should have been there. It should it should still be there. Um, in my opinion. So, that leads me to this point. I dare Dr. Magnus to post his 001 of the Great Seal. I dare him to. And the reason why I dare him to is because I think it would be deleted. I think it would be downvoted into oblivion. There's a question here. Why hasn't Dr. Magnus posted his 001? Uh, uh, Serastes was essentially taken from him. Um, Dr. Magnus's issue was that somebody had beat him to the punch because he honestly sat on his ass for too long. Ignoring the fact that we shouldn't be waiting for people who sit on their ass to do anything. Certainly not give us permission. You know, why hasn't he posted it now that the coast is clear? There's a couple answers to that, I think. One is that he hasn't written it, never never did. Another point might be that he can't. If he hadn't done it in three to four years, then who's to say that he could actually do it? The third is that um, he became such an unpopular figure as a result of this because Around the time that uh, Dexanote came back out and apologized for things, this first one right here, um, in his summary of things, which was really an attempt, it was more so, I mean, it's tagged as an attempt to explain things more clearly, but it's really more so a highly defensive posture from Dexanote trying to absolve himself from wrongdoing. That's really what it is. And in doing so, he mentions Dr. Magnus more in detail, and that's odd that this wasn't mentioned on the initial disciplinary threads. But it is here. Now why is that? Well, it's because he's throwing him under the bus. He wants Dr. Magnus to be a fall guy. In fact, by this point, Dr. Magnus had already quit. So, no harm done. He's already gone. He's already retired. He, he actually is, from these people's perspective, protected from any more damage. And no one is going to successfully call for any sort of disciplinary action to happen to Dr. Magnus after this. 
So he talks a little more about Dr. Magnus and tells us that it was Dr. Magnus who um, first approached the disciplinary team and, and Dexano, basically, to try to level this accusation of plagiarism against Serastes. It is interesting that he's doing this now because in the first portion, uh, the first um, the first disciplinary thread, we see that he actually tells us that Dr. Magnus's opinion has not been listened to, and yet eh, it's a little hard to believe, isn't it? The person who came and instigated the whole thing was somehow discounted in the resulting process, especially when we look down here, trivia and facts. Um, yeah, Dr. Magnus was the initial person to bring the uh, proposal to the dis disciplinary team with accusations of plagiarism. And then he also maintained that some form of plagiarism had, had occurred throughout Serastes 1, which is a little insane because by halfway into Serastes 1, um, everyone, including Dr. Mann and including Dexanote, um, had decided uh, decisively um, that no plagiarism had taken place. In fact, um, it was like, like I've covered already, it's, it was impossible for any plagiarism to have taken place. Yet, Dr. Magnus still maintained that belief, even when he was the only one left believing it. So that right there tells you a little bit about the character and mentality of Dr. Magnus, which um, seems to hold on to... Um, I guess, I guess a grudge, for lack of a better word. Um, anyway, you know, the takeaway point here very clearly is that this was a matter of uh, someone's ego being bruised, someone's ego being hurt, and then uh, making moves to uh, weaponize the uh, power um, available to them by their position, but also by uh, the cahoots uh, that they had with other administrators, for example, Dexanote, who was above the disciplinary team. So in other words, hey, nudge, nudge, you're a fellow admin and you're ahead, you're the head of uh, disciplinary, so why don't you punish this guy for me? That's really what happened here. Um, so Dr. Magnus, it finally came out. Obviously, this was part of it, but people sort of, you know, they can smell something in the absence of uh, information. If there's a if there's something that's been covered up, you might not see it, but you can smell it. And people mostly smelled this. And so by the time that Dexanote stated it in uh, this initial statement that he made to defend himself or try to defend himself, it didn't do a very good job. Um, you know, people already knew that Dr. Magnus was a sour note in this whole setup. And um, part of the reason why he left was because of the fallout reputationally that happened from this, I think. So that's another reason why he hasn't written his 001. I think that he owes it to Serastes to to start, finish, and then post a 001 about the about the Great Seal. Um, and that's the least he can do, because he got Serastes taken down. Hey, what's up? How you doing? Pick some flowers, huh? Oh, she's trying to give it to me. I'll take those flowers. Here you go. Oh, you can't. You can't be up here.
Sure, sure. Oh, I got a message. Let's see. Thank you very much. That's so nice of you. Okay, well, she didn't didn't want to give this to me, so here we go. You can have that back. I wouldn't touch that if I were you. Here you go. Yeah, what happened? You guys are free to call in, by the way. show so that was my daughter she came in to give me some flowers that was nice of her beautiful day outside hope you guys are enjoying your uh your new year's day yeah so i don't want to advertise this like i said i really don't you know i i often think that i should shill more you know i'm a very anti-shill um and it's probably to a fault you know, I think I think that obviously there's a certain degree of shilling um, that is acceptable. In fact, if we want to look at uh, there, it is. If we want to check that out, we can see uh, that Dr. Gears actually said this. You know, I, I think his position on it was um, was uh, pretty good. Let's just search this whole page for ego. <laughs> There it is. Love that. It's actually there's actually six six matches. Okay, some of them are not actually ego. Um. Yeah, I, I love this. By the way, yeah, I think many of this is Doctor Gears, and I quote: "I think many of the issues the modern fandom has has had mostly trace back to ego and the voting module." I love that. Um. Wow, what a what a vindication, what an endorsement, what an unintentional agreeal agreement. Uh, but what I'm really trying to get at is actually down here. Um, uh, yeah, there's one quote in here. Um, yeah, this is a great quote. This has been shared uh, all around the world of config. Um, there's a there's a quote in here um, where he tells people that you can get really really overboard with shilling very easily. Um, how it's okay to maybe share. Obviously, maybe you know you're excited about something you produced, and so you want to you want to share that with people. Um, let's try this. I doubt this is gonna work, but. Anyways, uh, it's in here somewhere where he says, basically, if you find yourself shilling, if you find yourself repetitively essentially spamming your article for upvotes, you've gone too far. So that was um, a wonderful thing to see. I completely agree with that. And uh, I'm really on the opposite end of the spectrum. I really don't shill anything. I don't like to shill anything, especially config. I really don't like sharing anything that I've written with anybody. I want it to be completely organic, which is a little unreasonable. Um, but 
I just feel wrong. I just feel wrong doing it. I don't like doing it. So same with this podcast and this hangout. Um, I'm not going to try to wrangle people in here. I'm not going to advertise it. I'm not going to shout this into all the channels and to try to tell people to come in here. I don't really want to do that. Uh, I just want to, I just want to do this. And then if anyone shows up, then that's, that's great. Um, and, uh, I think it'd be very fun if someone wanted to call. And our number, by the way, in case you're just listening to this, is 316-444-3115. Once again, conflict call in 316-444-3115. Yeah. There's, um... Oh, y'all can't really see this screen very well, can you? I guess you can click on it. Yeah, let's do that. If you're in the chat, uh, the voice chat, I mean, you can actually click on my screen and you see it a little better. I don't know if y'all have done that yet. But, uh. Alm, what up? Alma. I'd love to hear a correct pronunciation of this name, by the way. Worm, I can get. Worm that walks, I can get. But Alamar Duck, is that it? I, I just feel like that's wrong. So, if you can hear me, type it out phonetically. But uh, if not, I'll just wait until you join and then I'll hear you say it. Unless you're shy, which is fine. You can be shy. I am making myself look kind of foolish up here, but. Misery loves company. Be a nice sip of this uh, latte, real quick. Mm. Music is brought to you by um, a royalty-free stream that I'll share in the notes. Anywho, so let's get back to what we're talking about, which is this Rasty's incident. Uh, like I said, I've been sort of working on this the last couple of days uh, very intensely. This is probably the longest thing that I've ever written for the wiki, which is saying a lot. You know, I know I have a lot of things in common with... Um, oh, Moose. Thanks. Moose. Okay, one second, y'all. Actually, actually, I'm on call uh, for work. Let me just um, close my mic real quick. And uh, give me two minutes. I'll be back in two minutes. Check, check. Hey, this is Jesse.
Yo. Okay, sorry about that. I had to take a phone call for work. I am on call, which kind of sucks. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is saying a lot that this is the longest uh, thing that I've written for the Config Wiki because there's there, I've written a lot of things. And I thought that a Cool Dude was basically given, uh, or rather gave himself, the hardest task here, which is the June 2018. You can see he's working on it here. Um, this is a nightmare to try to um, encyclopedize. Um, there's so much information here. Uh, I mean, look at this. Look at look at all this. This is huge. This is giant. Um, yeah. By the way, uh, this is what happens if you try to make a bulleted list on uh, the user wiki. We don't have to go into the details of it, but the user wiki is a, is a, essentially a plugin on WordPress that I, I that I obviously can't control uh, very well, and that I'm constantly learning things about. But um, this is what happens when you try to make a bulleted point, a bulleted list. So I would recommend just not making a bulleted list. What I did in, in this was just indicate that I would like for it to be a bulleted list, which we of course can fix once we port that over to the main list wiki. So for example, if we go down to this, this is what I do. I just, I, it's literally the alt code for, for just the, the bullet and then, and then that. But anyway, so I thought Cool Dude was really um, taking the, the short straw, uh, really the hardest possible subject that you could try to dig into. Um, and probably some some of the more frustrating material available to anyone who wants to um, catalog uh, the history of you know SCP because you have to read through so much drivel. It doesn't matter really what your views are. There's plenty of it on both sides, on all sides really. Uh, there's plenty of drivel to get through, and I don't envy anyone who has to do that. So, props to Cool Dude for doing that. Um, I thought that I thought that he probably had the worst. I still think he probably does because at least this information was. There's a nice story arc to this uh, incident, which is, it's like watching a game, like a football game or something like that, where it starts off and it looks like this team is going to win. They, they strike early, they strike quick. Um, you know, it's a serious, a serious, uh, seriously talented score, let's say. Uh, but then very slowly the tide turns and it ends up being just a complete rout. That's really what the story of the Serastes incident uh, is where you have some very heavy hitters, you know, I say that, I say that sort of comedically. This is the SCP wiki. Um, you have some heavy hitters here, uh, Dex and Oat, um, Dr. Magnus, arguably a heavy hitter. Dr. Magnus has always been somewhat of a goof in my opinion. Um, Dex and Oat, I think, was more respectable as a person in, in the past, although I don't know if you know this, but he's always had a history of overstepping his bounds and the authority that's been given to him. I think that there's something called the Watchman Syndrome that isn't really that common in our culture. I, I reference it quite a lot. Let's see. The Watchman Syndrome. I bet you I'm going to get a hit for a movie. Yeah, no, this is a medical thing. See, it doesn't even show up in Google, but it's a pretty well-known uh, colloquialism in at least Russia where by... Um, Someone who's given a slight amount of power just becomes a little too self-congratulatory about it. Well, they, they regard themselves as a little too important and uh, will take the smallest uh, possible opportunity to overemphasize their authority on that subject. So, doc uh, sorry, not doctor. 
uh, Dexanote has always really been that way. Um, yeah, for example, uh, he really was the first one to definitively ban someone for saying a, a slur in the chat. And I think that no one would really fault him for that, especially these days. I don't. But um, it did happen to be an overstep of power because there was a discussion afterwards that um, revealed that there really wasn't anything, um, you know, uh, procedure or policy-wise that um, informed that decision. It was simply Dexnote just doing what he wanted to do. So in that situation, it was good. But I guess, you know, 10 years later, you fast forward and suddenly it's not as good of a habit to have. All right, once again, the number is <laughs> sad. The number is 316-444-3115. So I don't care who calls me. You know, I'm, I, I expect some trolls will call. Um, I almost want them to because, you know, for a, for a successful troll campaign to happen, you have to have an audience, right? I mean, you know, someone has to be watching the trollage happen. So that's nice. But anyways... Uh, something else about this is that Curious Cat recently went down. You know, I had one. I think Harmony. I know Harmony had one, and uh, uh, some others in the space. But um, that recently was, um, and suddenly, by the way, uh, destroyed somehow. Um, the uh, URL, the domain, uh, CuriousCat.QA, which was previously where you would go to get to it, isn't even owned by anyone anymore. It seems. So something happened uh, very quickly and very dramatically. I don't really care. I uh, don't really know what happened. I don't really care. But um, but uh, anyway, so that really robbed some people of the opportunity to troll. I mean, we had, me and Harmony for sure, had some serious trolls. Um, I wish I had prepared a picture of some of the things that uh, we've been sent. Um, but just um, suffice it to say that there was at least one individual uh, who you really have to admire the work ethic, you know, at this every day, multiple times a day, who would send things, uh, just troll statements to myself and to Harmony and apparently to other people too. Um, I don't, I don't um, really look, I didn't really look at anyone else's Curious Cat besides mine and, and Harmony's and of course Dr. Dr. Fern, who showed up uh, really at the tail end of uh, Curious Cat's life. But those two people are really the only ones whose Curious Cats I watched. Um, I would have watched um, A Communism Will Wins. Akumioi, I think is how you say his name. But uh, was was uh, blocked uh, from that, so I, I never got to read any of that. Of course, I could have if I still wanted to, but I guess I didn't really want to. But uh, apparently someone was doing that to, uh, that to that individual as well, to them. So... There is somebody out there, at least one person, who is really um, lost, you know, just wandering the desert, you know, so to speak, just uh, with no no purpose in life anymore. Um, so, you know, at least this maybe gives that person uh, hope in their life. They have um, some sort of turnaround, some sort of uh, road to Damascus or rehabilitation revelation where they can, um, they can find uh, a place to put their talents, which would, I guess, be to call into this show. So... Just a word of uh, procedure. Uh, if someone calls in, you'll hear it. Um, the first thing I have to do is put you on hold in order to increase the volume because if I'm at the volume that is default, uh, the call in is incredibly loud. It's piercing. It'll damage your ears. Um, and if I answer the phone in that way, uh, no one will be able to hear you very well. So I'll have to pause 
Uh, I do want to put you on hold anyway. Uh, I don't want you to um, just say everything that you want to say instantly. That's not good. So I'd put you on a brief hold. Uh, if we're talking about something, I'd get to a nice stopping point and then take your call. In the absence of any calls, obviously, we'll just be ranting here, so anybody's welcome to join. But anyways, let's just move through the rest of this and then end this. Uh, I want to say we've been doing this for about an hour, so that's about the time that we want to do this in. Um, you know, I really encourage people to read this. I think that there are some sections that you can obviously skip over. The staff positions, reactions, and selected quotes is certainly one of those. Uh, this is really a play-by-play -play of um, what was happening in the threads. Arguably, you know, you could just go read the actual threads, but um, a lot of the a lot of the information, a lot of the text is actually cold here. So, you know, if you are interested in reading the actual thread, but you don't, you know, you want to make it a little more um, put together, a little less time, then I recommend this. It does cut down the content about you know, 60, 75 percent, something like that. But there are um, some interesting things in here. Um, that I want to mention before we stop this particular podcast session here, this hangout. Um, yeah, Taylor Itkin, uh, by the way, another reason why I wanted to do this was to solidify um, different people's positions. Because I think what doesn't happen with O5, for example, and staff in general is a very, um, a very good memory when it comes to who voted for what and who said what. This is contrary to, you know, other public figures in bureaucratic or pseudo-bureaucratic institutions where really they have a track record or they have a voting history. Um, and that voting history is, you know, it's something to pay attention to, right? Um, what I haven't done yet is see how people's voting on this corresponds to the Harmony incident because a lot of people here, for example, a uh, major one is soulless singularity, makes a lot of points that are based on the idea of respecting what the author wants to do. That's really the what the argument boils down to. And in fact, the great hippo here, in fact, uh, this is in the second one, the great hippo goes on to talk about how, uh, not, not the great hippo, I'm sorry, uh, Captain Kirby, goes on to talk about how really this boils down to a perceived rudeness. Um, and of course, once again, when we get to February 2021, all of those same uh, rationales and those same bases for these arguments are inverted completely to where um, it's really not about uh, considerations. It's, it's not really about what is rude. It's certainly not about what the author would like for their own works. Instead, it's solely and strictly about the legality of the, uh, of the situation. So those are reasons why I think it's important to keep track of who voted what. Because while the community is a very influx thing, it's a very polymorphic thing, and um, you know you could put two two very similar instances through this giant mechanism that is the community voice, and have two different outcomes come out the other side, and that not really be weird at all. Because there's like I said, it's a very dynamic entity. Uh, it's a very dynamic organism with different angles uh, that that it can be uh, approached. Uh, into and things like this so but that's not so the case you can't really use that as an excuse or a justification for seemingly contradictory outcomes when it comes to an individual person 
particularly if it's separated by three months. So I think um, the benefit of keeping track of who voted what, what way and their justifications for voting what way, uh, it's important to keep that in mind because what it shows is just how easy it is to game a system like the SCP wiki staff structure or the bureaucracy because basically the same individuals can say two completely contradictory and opposing things and it come off as um, you know doing doing the right thing for the community when in fact it's just a very very thinly veiled um, excuse for basically uh, tooling with the entire community and using the, the architecture in a, in a way that they satisfy satisfies their most immediate um, desires hey what's up I don't, I don't know whether they call you John Rock or Dr. Murray I just don't know so and every time I look at your avatar I, that looks like a, a scope on a rifle uh, like a red dot with a hat so I don't know I'm just very confused but what's up All right, let's see. I'm trying to figure this out here. Let me stop sharing my screen for a second. There we go. Okay, good deal. Okay, so that's why I think it's important to look at um, look at people's voting history. That's what we're doing here. So, with that having been said, you know, um, Taylor Itkin uh, really, I've never really had too much of an issue with this indi individual. You can look through the Kiwi Farms posts and see some interesting things claimed about this individual. Um, but, you know, I, I, think, I think everybody has their own um, reasons and biases for thinking things about people. And I think that it needs to rise above just being aggravated or, or, or just having a general dislike of someone. So I don't really have much to say about Taylor Itkin. Um, just in general, maybe when it comes to a specific event, but in general, not so much. Um, I think in this thread, it's interesting to see this individual comment um, because they are incredibly sure of themselves initially. And um, by the end of... The discussion have uh, they have uh, completely inverted their their opinion decision and the funny thing is that this actually happens twice with Taylor Itkin the same exact pattern where an early post happens by Taylor Itkin in the first uh, disciplinary thread for Serastes that is then edited to remove some things to soften up the claims and then eventually that comment is erased and uh, in its place is a statement that says hey go look at my new my newer comment that newer comment in both cases is uh, basically saying that uh, you know let's th let's uh, throw this out. So that's an interesting sort of character arc, I think. Um, once again, we see uh, we see Taylor Taylor Aiken's argument, and this is less to say about Taylor Aiken. This is more just a general boat that people pile themselves into as it sinks. But basically. Um, the belief, the argument is that it's a blatant disrespect of of other staff members, of people. Um, the original creator of the concept is elevated to almost an intellectual property. 
uh, holder of this stuff. And of course, once again, my point my point in bringing this out subtextually is that this was completely um, betrayed, you know, by the time Harmony's thing came around. So it's, it's just interesting to see happen over and over again. I didn't say this in the article because once again, um, once again, uh, the wiki is supposed to be encyclopedic. It's supposed to be as non-biased as possible. There's a lot of things that I don't say in here that I'd like to say. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. It's also another reason why I'm going to be, I'll write something for the magazine at some point on this. Um, but something that I didn't say that I think is very true is that Procyon Latour, I don't know how to say that scientifically, Procyon, Loader, um, he probably ruins his reputation in this uh, incident. I don't think that he was particularly well-liked. I think he obviously had a, a very firm reputation of being sort of a an acidic um, bully prior to this, but after reviewing what, what Procyon said in these um, threads and how that looks in light of um, it eventually, gradually, and eventually being understood as uh, just an absolute... Uh, miscarriage of justice, an absolute abortion of um, uh, of the disciplinary process, and a total inaccuracy. It's very interesting to see um, just how venomous this individual is throughout this process. How um, ruthless this individual is with regards to any sort of considerations. Um, it, it's really Procyon in this thread. In fact, in both of the disciplinary threads, res- res- represents um, just the most extreme and the most harshest potential uh, attitude, uh, almost bordering on sort of like a sadistic mentality, where it's almost as if the taste for blood is what is driving Procyon wild like an animal. And although he's a very thinking person, and he's a very intelligent person, it seems as though all of that intelligence is recruited to satisfy a sort of bloodlust. And I don't know of any explicit um, evidence by which to claim this. This is just sort of an intuition, a belief that I have. This is allegedly. So take this with a grain of salt. I do think it's true, though, that... Procyon essentially sank his political reputation in this incident. I think the issues that people took with him, um, you know, as late as uh, the uh, failed promotion to administrator and as early as the town halls, um, were somewhat informed, at least somewhat informed by his behavior in these threads and just how poorly uh, his statements aged and how bad, quite frankly, they look uh, given given what has become the general consensus for this episode, which is, um, once again, just an absolute, absolute disaster and failure, something that never should have been taken place in the, uh, n- that never should have taken place uh, in the first place. Um, yeah, uh, Riemann, Riemann? Um, 
Yeah, this is really weird. There's a Google Doc that the Dexanote includes in the original uh, thread that, that just basically, I don't know if you guys know about this, or guys and gals, or whatever, but um, yeah, the difference, difference checker, diff checker is a great tool. You can put like two blocks of text in here and find the difference. Uh, let's just copy this. You know, and it'll tell you what's different about it, which is real. There it is right there. So, I mean, it's real convenient for finding what's changed um, between, like, two different blocks of text that are similar. So that's basically what this Google Doc was, which is real strange because it, it basically was just reiterating the edit history, which is something that uh, this individual Riemann points out here that I thought was was good. Um, it, it's just, it really bespeaks the desperation with which Dexanode and, I guess, Magnus and others were um, reaching um, to find anything that could potentially be used in support and buttressing of their uh, attempted argument. It's almost as if they just, it's almost as if, as if they just had a, a jumble of junk in front of them and they just grabbed whatever they could to throw at whoever they wanted to throw things at, this case being Serastes. Anyways, um, yeah, uh, Let's see. We Weishong, I'm saying all these names wrong. You know, you know when someone pronounces something incorrectly, you know it's because they're a reader. They haven't heard these things. They just said them. Um, but this guy, Weishong, um, was really the turning point in the first disciplinary thread. Um, uh, but by, by the way, let me back up because Monitor Erasmus said basically, you know, that I don't think this is worthy of, of the discussion here and then comes back and edits the comment to say, uh, while I feel that way personally, others may not or may or may not see it as a behavior pattern. And I have no authority to dictate to them how they should view things. Well, well no shit. Excuse my French. No shit. Uh, that's not no, no one is assuming that by making a comment and sharing an opinion on a forum on the Internet that they are somehow magically thereby author, uh, you know, dictating that other people must think the same way as them. This is a this is an idiotic statement, and it's certainly a strange thing to say well after the fact of the first comment. Um, you know, n no one thinks that what one person says on the internet uh, is even attempting to be generalized to a wider statement. So this is just a real strange thing to say on uh, Rasmus's part, and really contributes to the odd vibe that very quickly whew, there was a whistle arose in this first um, this first disciplinary attempt. But this is really where the tide turns. This is really the inflection point of the whole thread, where uh, some really interesting things uh, are said. Um, read it on your own, uh, but the, but the logic in here is so strong. Um, it's so definitive that no one can really, um, yeah, no, no one can really come back from this. I, I think it was it was sort of a death knell for the idea that this was a good idea. This this attempt and this thread was a good idea. All right. I, I'm surprised by Blue Soul. You know. Um, I don't know much about the guy. He seems very meek and mild, which I think is a good thing. It's not an insult. Uh, you know, I listened to his podcast a little bit when he was doing that. Um, you know, w there wasn't really a lot to dislike about Blue Soul. You know, I mean, he was a very competent person technically. 
Still is, obviously. I think he's working on WikiJump with uh, AIS Mallard. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a husband. I mean, you know, he likes sports. I mean, there's really, he's a very agreeable guy, it seems, you know. But this surprised me. Um, you'll see this all throughout the disciplinary threads where people are saying that, you know, this is, uh, this is a common phrase, unbecoming of a staff member, uh, not up to the standards of staff actions. The complete irony of this is that this whole thing was predicated upon a untrue, inaccurate, hasty, completely rushed, completely unfounded weaponization and manipulation uh, of the disciplinary process and a public one at that. So it's just so incredibly amazing that people were at the time, even uh, with um, the limited information that was out there, I, under- I understand that has something to do with mitigating a you know, the blame that someone should take from this, but even still, um, that the facilities of intuition failed these people so much that they decided to get onto the person who was being absolutely abused by this system and calling that being unbecoming of a member of staff, while those who were actually doing the abuse and were higher than this individual on the totem pole in rank, um, where this criticism was not attributed to them at the same time. So that's just one of the more clear things in retrospect that just is completely ironic and astonishing, actually, uh, to, to see, to watch happen. This happens a lot, by the way. Yeah, Mini Meets, um, same, same thing here. I, I kind of tend to think that more technical people, QFIT aside, um, are a little more benign of personalities just because they sort of, they're sort of like the workers, you know, uh, less politicians. Um, but I think that, I think that the technical representation of the wiki did not do themselves any favors here. So many meets who I know worked with Blue Soul, um, I think, and, and AIS Mallard, I think, um, you know, really comes off as, um, pretty, you know, pretty egotistical, pretty pompous here. Um, basically making the claim that because two highly respected members thought there was a problem, that that meant necessarily that someone like Serastes would have needed to get their approval and clear that with them prior to doing anything with the draft. It's almost like an unspoken rule where if someone is your superior, you know, you can't do anything without their uh, permission ever, you know. <laughs> That's sort of the message here. And he actually says it again later, where um, if we go down to Strassi's replies, um, Strassi's defends himself and replied to Mini Meat's post, providing evidence that one of the initial reviewers, this is Stormbreath, actually did sign off from the portion of the 001 that dealt with the Alchemy Cannon after it was modified. Mini Meat's replies that one of the individuals who expressed concerns signing off isn't the same as both of them signing off. So he's basically saying, okay, yeah, so you got mommy's permission, but you need daddy's permission too. <laughs> it's just insane that you would think that you need to do that. Um, you know, someone can have a problem with what I with what I say and what I post, you know, um, but that doesn't mean that I need to go clarify with them that, that they think it's okay now, you know. So that was a little strange. I don't think Mini Meats looks very good in this. I don't think Mini Meats did themselves uh, any favors with this. Um... Nagrios, um, who I don't really know a lot about, I know they wrote an article that was basically uh, um, basically a ghost in the mirror transitioning. 
with the help of a foundation agent. So, I mean, you know, I don't necessarily have a lot to say about that, except that I wish, I wish that, um, it wasn't too, it wasn't so easy to just chalk that success up to the political environment at SCP. I think that that article may be a fine article by itself, but, um, you know, when you're essentially just, um, towing a party line, it's really questionable whether or not the uh, success of that is a result of actual writing, which of course should be always, always be the focus of something like the SCP Foundation, but fortunately it isn't. But anyway, uh, Nagrios, this individual, I think is a, it is a she. By the way, I do try to look and see what pronouns are. Um, I think the recaps are useful for this. They typically do a good job of that, so I just like to piggyback on what they do, so excuse me if this is wrong. But, um... This is another odd claim. Um, Nagrios feels as though, apparently, if you have enough uh, authority on the wiki, if you are high up enough on the wiki, that is to say an administrator like Dr. Magnus, that um, you can basically have an idea and, and you are suddenly the owner of that idea uh, and any surrounding more vague or ambiguous or general abstracted concepts, excuse me, that have to do with that. So, Nagrios believes that it doesn't particularly matter to me if this is the great seal or a derivative seal. She still regards it as sort of idea plagiarism, which is completely incorrect. Um, you don't get to have ownership of an idea uh, in its most abstracted way. If you have very specifics about it, like for example the SCP Foundation, then you know you can have some sort of copyright claims to that. By the way, the CC license is a copyright. Uh, you know that's what it is. So, um, but a general idea of a, of a organization that contains things is not exclusive copyright intellectual property of the SCP Foundation. That's how this works. But that's what Nag- uh, Nagrios is saying. Nagrios is saying that essentially the analogy would be, the parallel here would be that anybody uh, writing about any organization that contains anomalies or investigates anomalies or writes about anomalies uh, should be considered idea plagiarism. So that was another very, very strange. I mean, you get, you get to the point where you wonder if these are actual arguments or if people are just like I've said before and like we've seen before uh, essentially just reaching for whatever they can possibly grab to um, retroactively justify the emotional conclusions that they've already come to prior to actually uh, giving the situation any critical thought Yeah, and the same thing happens with um, Malice Graves, who I know is not a very popular person and who quit um, shortly after the whole recaps thing was initiated because she didn't like or he didn't like um, the idea of um, being surveilled in the way that uh, other people typically are in the community. So when it came hurt, hurt, I'm sorry, I don't know the pronoun. When it came for, when it came time for this individual to have the exact same processes applied to them, they they fled um, out of anger. But also, this is the individual who a uh, leak of staff chat showed 
called uh, basically the actions of the users in the town halls bitching. So uh, that pissed some people off. Um, this individual makes the same claim that basically, um, you know, basically claims that, that uh, sarc sarcasm uh, is, is theirs. Um, that this concept belongs to Dr. Magnus. Um, there, there's no, there's no basis for this whatsoever. Um, it's totally contradictory to the point of the, uh, of the wiki itself. A random day, um, does a great job here. So, um, I think this is along with uh, Wai Song, basically, um, one of the, one of the major, oh, there's my pager. What was this? Right. Anyways, um, yeah, White Guard is is also another person who does a really really good job, um, just tena tenacious in the logic and then uh, holding people to that. Um, I was really surprised, Doctor Everett Mann, who come on guys, I'm telling you, I'm getting paid. I get paged all the time here. Okay. Uh, really surprised with Dr. Everett Mann, uh, who who realized that plagiarism was a mistake, but still um, still was convinced by um, a pattern of communication lapses. So of course, if you take out one of these instances, this this point is made several times. If you take out one of the instances, that is to say, the plagiarism accusation, you don't really have a pattern, do you? Um, and yet we have still a lot of people who, who uh, upheld that a pattern was a present, which doesn't make any sense. Uh, Toomey Tombstone sort of is like a Procyon Lotator light to me. Uh, this individual I've noticed in a lot of staff chat leaks and logs, um, and certainly in more public venues like this, t tends to be a little ruthless, tends to be, um, you know, someone who you might uh, consider, you know, a warmonger who... Um, it seems wants to see someone punished. So, um, yeah, I think I think uh, Guy G does a very good job here um, articulating why this doesn't make any sense. Strastes does a good job of this too. Uh, I think it was uh, respectful, um, respectable that they uh, came back in to defend themselves. Anyways. Um, I, uh, there's a lot to say here. Um, I, I do recommend you read this. I do want to go through a couple of things here uh, before we stop because I think we're getting up to about an hour and 20 minutes here. Um, yeah, so no one actually mentions the, the license by name, <laughs> which is funny because it's totally applicable here, you know, um, and it's not even mentioned. Whereas, when you, once again, you fast forward to February 2021 with the Harmony incident, suddenly everybody's an expert. Uh, and it's probably mentioned, uh, you know, every other every other comment. Uh, so it's just funny how the um, the focus and the pivot, the fulcrum of things, will change so dramatically and quickly and easily when it comes to what people, uh, how they want to tailor the topology of their interpretations when it comes to retrofitting what they actually want. And once again, the point being is that uh, we have a culture and a system of um, reverse engineering when it comes to. Um, reason and uh, rationality, um, a completely illogical method of interpretation generally that we see 
uh, if we look at something like the Serastes incident where we can we can uh, safely say generally that this was considered a mistake and that the arguments in favor of punishing Serastes were flawed and yet those same arguments are what determined that um, you know the uh, the fate of Harmony's articles would go in that direction so it's just odd to see this um, the security breach is, is its own fiasco um, Let's see. Yeah. So this is fun. Uh, I went through and just counted the tally of what people said. And yeah, um, you know, between the first thread and the second thread, we had uh, over 100% increase in people who called for no action. Um, over 100% decrease in people who wanted to have uh, censure. Um you know, a pretty pretty good decrease in the number of people who wanted Serastes removed from staff, um, and uh, you can see half the number of people who were abstaining. So the general trend by the second thread is that people were pretty much getting the picture, um, and certainly uh, were not as unsure of what was happening, and there was a lot more certainty with regards to uh, the call for no action, which was, in my opinion, the correct call. This is also strange. Um, one of the points that eventually ended up uh, vindicating Serastes was that um, basically multiple people in higher positions had committed the same fallacy and flaw over a much longer period of time than Serastes uh, when it came to the security breach and that uh, basically uh, if you wanted to fault Serastes for not telling somebody, you know, 12 hours or 24 minutes, whichever one it was, uh, about a security breach, um, individuals who uh, should know much more better, uh, who were higher up on the totem pole, did the same thing, uh, but instead of 24 minutes or 12 hours, um, it was close to three weeks. So it didn't really make a lot of sense. It was sort of a pretty obvious and blatant moment of um, contradiction that exposed the whole thing as simply a personal vendetta that was being incorrectly applied to Serastes alone. Um, but that's what we see here. And uh, the note that I make here is that no one has ever really been called out for this. So no, nobody who failed to tell the disciplinary team, for example, about the security breach in those three weeks has ever been mentioned by name. Uh, it has never been addressed. Uh, it has never been revisited publicly as far as we are aware. Um, with, this, with any sliver, uh, any portion or fraction of the disciplinary zealotry and fervor that Serastes was attacked with for doing uh, the same thing but just in a smaller replica. Um, yeah, this is also, I think, an important thing to say. So, by the time Serastes II uh, came and went, there were still four people who felt like Serastes should not be on staff. And of course, that number, as we've already seen, was dramatically reduced um, because it became overwhelming um, the conclusion that this was um, this was a seriously flawed attempt, but the individuals who um, stuck to their guns, um, we could say, in a kind way, uh, all of these individuals have retired. Of course, um, different ones in different circumstances. But I thought it was interesting. It's sort of like a Serastes curse. I also think it's interesting that Dr. Magnus's WikiDoc profile picture kind of resembles a chicken. That could be like a reptile with some sort of thing on the top. I don't really know. It looks like a chicken to me. And uh, that's kind of the impression that I get when I look at Dr. Bagnus. 
this is also the impression that I get of Dexanote. I think it's just, it works very well. Um, basically, Dexanote's profile picture is a cartoon figure running away desperately. You can see sweat beads. Um, basically, as if he's uh, running away from something desperately, uh, trying to save himself or, um, you know, exit a tremendous amount of um, fear or, um, you know, it uh, looks almost like a situation that they created that they're running away from desperately trying to try to survive. So anyway, I just think that I happen to think that these two profile pictures are incredibly fitting for these people. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so that's that's uh, the word censure is mentioned 92 times in the October 2021 recap. So this is something that's been, um, you know, has, has very, very far reaching effects. That's really why we're here is because nothing is everybody understands how serious this was. I mean, it's no longer um, controversial at all actually it's it's pretty well understood as uh, a blatant attempt and a poor, very very poor job at trying to cover up the fact that it was a blatant attempt by Dexno uh, Dr. Magnus and other people um, of uh, a straight-up hit job uh, a straight-up attempt at a, at a political assassination over someone's ego that is my Dr. Magnus's ego so um, yeah um, we still haven't seen any technical discipline or technical punishment actually applied to the people who started this. Dr. Magnus decided to run away. That, for some reason, uh, has been taken by other people to mean that he's um, had a sufficient amount of punishment, even though the whole point of Dexanote not going ahead and committing, uh, and not, not going ahead and censoring himself is that apparently it's not um, legitimate if someone gets to decide their own punishment, but ironically, that's exactly what Dr. Magnus did so anyways um, that's a pretty long conversation about but an important one about why Serastes and why the Serastes incident was in my opinion perhaps the most important thing to happen to the wiki um, outside of maybe the June 2018 um, logo fiasco and I think certainly uh, it's safe to say that it's the most important and uh, damaging, detrimental, um, and meaningful um, scandal to happen uh, internally um, with the SCP staff in modern SCP history. So thank you all very much for uh, hanging out, checking it out, stopping by. Uh, we'll do this again. Um, look for just it being active on the Discord. Uh, maybe maybe we'll do this in set. Um time is probably not but um, I do encourage you once again to call in we have our Skype uh, number that phone number uh, is let me pull it up here 316-444-3115 that's conflict call in if you see us live here on the on the discord you can just call us and uh, and uh, don't be shy call in share your voice you can also get on the discord voice channel if you're in the uh, society of containment fiction discord and uh, just chat you know you don't have to raise your hand, but you can just chat. All right? Thanks. <laughs>